Passover, friends, and a new meaning. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible, Glitter, and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. David, before we get into our Bible story today, I wanted to share something that happened to me when I was a child. When I was in second grade, my parents decided to take me to see an optometrist. So we went and I had an appointment. Turns out I needed glasses. I got some pink, sparkly, cat-eyed glasses. <laughs> oh, I was so proud of those. But the best thing was when I put them on, I wasn't one of those kids that say, I hate glasses. I was the one that said, I love these glasses because I could see things that I had not ever seen before. As we were driving home from the optometrist, I was noticing things in the distance that I didn't know were there. It's like, oh, look at that that house over there. It has windows, and there are cows back in the pasture down by the windmill. It was a whole new world. I could see things clearly for the first time. And as we're looking at this story of the Last Supper, It's interesting that Jesus is eager to be there. He wants to share with his disciples the true meaning of what this meal is all about. Our story comes from Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 23. And this is right before the storm breaks in full fury. This is the last night of Jesus before he's arrested. Here is a lull in the action before the storm breaks. He gathers together to celebrate this Passover meal with his disciples. Passovers were celebrated every year. This was an annual feast and celebration. The story begins with telling us this was the day of unleavened bread, the day that Passover lambs had to be sacrificed. And Jesus tells Peter and John to go and prepare the Passover meal. And then he gives them specific instructions on how they are to do that. And it appears that Jesus had already made preparations for where this meal was to be celebrated. He says to James and John in verse 10, after you go into the city, you will see a man carrying a jar of water. And that would have been an unusual sight because it was women who carried jars of water. So men are preparing this meal. Just thought I'd mention that fact. Men are preparing this meal. There's a man carrying the water. I'm liking the the sound of this story already, David. Hint, hint. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, they are to follow him into the house that he enters and to tell the person who owns the house that the teacher asked that you please show us the room or the guest room where he and his followers may eat the Passover meal. And then he will show you to a large room upstairs and the room is ready for you. And so he tells John and Peter, so prepare the Passover meal there. Yes, Mary, you're right. Implications are interesting. I know women normally carried water, but here is a man carrying water. Women normally prepare the meals, but here he tells them prepare the Passover meal. So, okay. Another interesting fact here, David, just what we discussed earlier about this room. 
This is a guest room. Isn't it the same word that we read long ago when Jesus was born, when Joseph and Mary were looking for what we've heard of as the room in the inn? But isn't this the same kind of room? It is. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, the word is translated there as inn, but it's the same word as we find here. And this is the only two times this word is found in Luke's gospel. We find this word at the beginning of Jesus' life and at the very end of his life. And I think you mentioned already that this was an annual celebration of the Jews, and it goes all the way back to the time of the Exodus, from the book of Exodus. And it was a celebration of when God rescued his people, when he saved them from bondage or slavery in Egypt, when he defeated their Egyptian oppressors, and he brought them out into freedom so they can be with him and they can be his people. This is a celebration of God's rescue in the general sense, but it also refers to a meal that was celebrated as the people left Egypt. When the angel of death was passing through Egypt and the firstborn of the Egyptians were dying, the people of God were protected because God told them to put the blood of a lamb on their doorposts, and then that angel of death would pass over them. Even some of the elements of this meal go back to that time. The idea of eating a lamb, bread that was unleavened, there were bitter herbs that they were eating during that meal because it reminded them of the bitter times that were had, the wine that was drunk. There were elements that went all the way back to that time. And here they are, eating those same things, doing those same things, but thinking about God and all that he had done to rescue them. So on this night, uh, they're gathered together to celebrate this Passover meal, and it was a celebration. It wasn't a somber meal at all. They are celebrating the fact that God has rescued them. Verse 14, sort of transition now, they're all gathered together and they're about to celebrate the meal. Jesus tells them he, he wants very much, or he wanted very much to eat this Passover with them before he dies. And that's when he says, verse 16, I will never eat another Passover until it is given its true meaning or, it's, or it finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So this is a big shift, isn't it? A Passover meal was something that every Jew had done every year for as long as any of these people could remember and their fathers and their grandfathers. And yet here Jesus is saying there's a new meaning. There's a deeper meaning, and I want to share that with you right now. And that's a good point to make because the Passover was pointing forward to something that was even greater than what the Passover was celebrating. There is a new, quote, exodus coming, a new liberation of God's people, a new renewal. Of a new escape from death. All of that, a new renewal of God's people, all of these things. So this is significant. This meal that Jesus is celebrating, yes, it is a Passover, and it remembers that event, but also at the same time it anticipates something in the future that's about to take place. So as they were celebrating this meal in the usual way, there, there would have been those cups of wine, there would have been bread and, and these other elements. So Jesus just 
uses what's there already, what they're doing, to bring out this deeper, newer meaning that shows fulfillment. Actually, he takes a cup of wine a couple of times. The first time in verse 17. Well, in the, in the ceremony, there were probably several cups of wine drunk. Each one represented something. Was this part of the ceremony, part of the ritual? So, yeah, the one in verse 17 was probably the first cup drunk in the Passover. And it's a cup in which a blessing of dedication was pronounced. And that's where Jesus says, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom comes. And that probably was the first cup drunk in that ceremony. And so Jesus invests this whole ceremony with new meaning. Passover looked backwards, but now also it looks forward. And then in verse 19 and 20, as the ceremony continues, he takes the bread at some point and he says, this is my body that I'm giving for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he takes the cup where he says, this cup shows the new agreement or the new covenant that God makes with his people. And it begins with my blood, which is poured out for you. There's drinking of wine, and there's an eating of bread, and now it has a new meaning, this bread being his body. And isn't it so amazing that something so simple as eating can bring such deep meaning? It's a simple thing, really, to eat bread, but this is not just eating bread. This is symbolizing something. This is symbolizing the body of Jesus. It is. Jesus invests these elements with a new focus. And this is the true meaning of the Passover. And this bread, which he says is his body, and this cup, which he says is his blood, he says, do this in remembrance of me. And remembrance is more than just recalling something to mind. So when Jesus says, do this in remembrance, he's not just saying, just get a mental picture of me in your mind. When the Jewish people came together to celebrate the Passover, they were remembering the Passover. They were remembering what happened many, many centuries before. But the idea of remembrance also involves participation in the event. The event still has significance and power and effect. When they celebrate the Passover, even though it was their ancestors who were literal slaves to the Egyptians, they felt a connection. Like when we were slaves in Egypt, God rescued us. They felt this connection. They participated in this event, in the remembering. And Jesus is saying, for his followers to do the same when they remember him in the bread and in the cup, that they are not just getting a mental picture of Jesus, but they are participating in what his death signifies. It's now. It's happening right now as you're partaking in this meal, as you're eating this bread and drinking this wine, you are part of this. It's becoming part of you. I'm part of you. It's happening right now. And Passover is not just an individual remembrance. It's a community remembrance. It's when families and communities gather together and participate in this together because they're one in this. This involves the real meaning of the Passover as well. 
Jesus is making a new agreement or new covenant with a new people. And then they are to remember Jesus as a community. So when we say a new covenant, something new, it's not new like it had never been thought of before. This was in the mind of God all along. The meaning of the Passover, all of the years before, prepared the people of God for this time when there would be Jesus in his blood and his body. And that's the true Passover. I just want to take a moment to think of what this would have been like to be together with these people who have been with Jesus through his whole ministry. He's together with him, the people that are close to him, and they're sharing a meal together. That sharing a meal is something so personal, so important culturally. When you eat with someone, you're, you're showing your acceptance and your trust. Jesus is the host of this meal. He has invited them to share this meal together. All of that is really important for what comes next. The end of this story, in verse 21 through 23, or end of this part of the story, Jesus says, one of you will turn against me. His hand is by my hand on the table. And that must have been shocking for the disciples to hear in the midst of this time of celebration and remembrance in this Passover. And so the disciples begin to ask one another, who is it? We already know who the betrayer is because we're told in verse 3 and 4, it's Judas Iscariot. But they don't know. The disciples don't know. So they begin to ask themselves the question, which one of us would do that to Jesus? So it's like they were pointing the finger at one another. What a turn from a meal together, a time of trust and acceptance with the host. They must have been mortified that it was one of them, but looks like they were starting to point some fingers at each other. In Luke's gospel, the story right after this, an argument began among them about who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So I can imagine this asking the question, which one of us would do that, can lead to like, well, I wouldn't do that because I'm I'm totally devoted to Jesus. I do this and I do that. And they're arguing with one another. And then later on in that chapter, Peter, in verses 33 and onwards, he's saying, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you. You know, he'd do anything for, for Jesus. And that's that famous saying where Jesus says, Peter, before the rooster crows tonight, you will say you don't know me. You will say this three times. Shocking. Yeah, very shocking. The story ends with the question, which one of us would do this to Jesus? And the story will pick up with how the betrayer, Judas, how it all comes down on Jesus. So this lull before the storm is going to break loose very soon. So Mary, how would you outline this passage of Scripture? Well, I think I'd keep it simple, maybe three points. Obviously, you could break it down even more, but I would say... Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 13 would be the first point, and that would just be preparation. And then verses 14 through 20 would be the meal. And then lastly, chapter 22, verses 21 through 23, I'd just call that the betrayal conversation. All right, great. Mary, you know, there's a lot more we can say about this Last Supper 
And most of you listening would probably already realize that this Last Supper that Jesus is celebrating with his disciples becomes the Lord's Supper. There's a lot more that can be said, but we have to bring this part of our conversation to a conclusion. So, Mary, we want to know, how can children get something from this lesson? What can children learn from this great Passover meal? Oh, there are so many layers to this story. On a surface level, I think I would just want the children to experience what it would be like to maybe sit on cushions with a low table and just experience the Passover. You could have a a meal if you could get some lamb and some flatbread and some grape juice and maybe some horseradish to try some bitter herbs and and just sort of reenact what that Passover meal would have been like and then take the time to talk about that bread and talk about that grape juice and explain the new meaning that Jesus was talking about. It's always fun to learn by experiencing things. So that would be one thing I would do. But also just the idea, I I want children to maybe hold their Bible and open it in the middle and talk about there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. And what happened in the Old Testament often explains some of the things that happen in the New Testament. And sometimes things in the New Testament explain what happened in the Old Testament. I just want them to get the idea that God has had a story going from the beginning, from cover to cover. So I think the Passover is one of those times where you can see where something celebrated many, many, many years ago and now has a new meaning and how important that is. I think that's a good lesson for children to understand. Romans chapter 15, verse 4, talks about that, that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that we could have hope. Another thing I think that children would find interesting is just recently I heard from an astronaut that was talking about taking the Lord's Supper in space. He took the grape juice and the bread with him into space, and he talked about how excited he was to have this experience of taking this out in space and looking back on Earth, but he realized in the moment that, you know, it's not the place. The fact that Jesus died and was resurrected and he left this meal so that we would remember him, that is the amazing thing. It's even more amazing than taking the Lord's Supper in space. Just this meal is amazing. So, David, what would you do in an adult class? Like children, experiencing something is very helpful. And in my lifetime, I have experienced a few times a Passover. And the particular kind of Passover, I guess, that I participated in was called a messianic, Haggadah. Now, Haggadah means the telling or telling, the telling the story. I will provide a a link to a messianic Haggadah. So if you would like to participate in a Passover that is invested with Christian meaning, yeah, check out the link, and it goes through the whole ceremony, including how to prepare the meal, how to arrange the table, 
but what you say at different parts in the ceremony, and it will invest the ceremony with Christian meaning. When you say Messianic, these are people that are following the Jewish culture, but they believe in Jesus. They are not the Jews of the Old Testament. They have accepted Jesus, right? Yeah, they're Jewish followers of Jesus, and there are many Jewish followers of Jesus, yes. So they're keeping their traditions, but they understand the new meanings. Right. So I think that would be interesting and a great experience. David, the Jewish people celebrated that Passover every year, and yet there was more. For as long as you and I have known each other, almost every Sunday we have taken the bread and the juice together and remembered Jesus. But by doing it every week, sometimes you can take it lighter than you should. This is an amazing thing to remember Jesus and all that he is about, all that he has done for us, and that we are part of this and that he's our host. As David and I have discussed this today, it's brought new meaning. And I hope that you can also feel that. And then when you talk to the children in your Bible class or the adults in your Bible class, that you can bring that depth into your teaching. And may God bless you as you speak into the lives of adults and children. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's word with children. 